0: This is ZD Labs in Foster City, California. There's a whole team of computer professionals who work here with all these computers, testing out new hardware and software for Ziv Davis publications. And guess what? Even these guys have installation problems. See all these E's that just popped up on all these monitors here? That stands for error insufficient memory to run the application. So it doesn't just happen to you, it happens to everyone. Today we're going to take a look at your PC's memory problems and show you how to solve them on this edition of the Computer Chronicles.
1: Chronicles is made possible in part by Hewlett-Packard, working with industry leaders to ensure compatibility across the board and across the network. HPPCs, you're looking at partnership in a whole new light.
0: Additional funding provided by the SPA, presenters of the annual Excellence in Software Awards. Hi and welcome to the Computer Chronicles. I'm Stuart Chaffe. With me today is Yael Liron, Senior Editor with PC Computing Magazine and an expert in these memory issues we're dealing with today. First of all, what's the basic problem? Why do we have these memory problems?
2: The problem is that DOS applications have only 640k of memory to work with, which is called conventional memory. Regardless of how much memory is installed in your system, uh, they're only limited to work with that. And um, you have uh usually people have too many things running within that conventional memory device drivers, memory resident utilities uh, that take up that space
0: so you think you have six forty k but it's not really all available right all right now one basic problem is you may simply not have enough RAM in your computer and you want to go out and buy more RAM that's not so hard to do right
2: right uh, all you have to do is buy the right sim for your system and um, put it installed it in your system it's very easy to install you just in s- put it in its own slot and it snaps into place.
0: So you don't have to be afraid to install memory. That was one megabyte and boom, you did it. Right. All right. Let's go back to the 640K problem. You don't have to do anything complicated. If you have DOS 6 or better, you can actually run a utility called MemMaker to reallocate memory and solve some of those problems, right?
2: Right. If you have MS-DOS, it's called MemMaker. If you have PC-DOS, it's called RAMBoost. These two utilities basically do the same thing. They, they optimize the system uh, on their own and uh, you don't have to know a whole lot about memory management. They just do it for you. You do
0: a lot of clicking and we can see the results you just ran MemMaker on this machine and out of the 640k we could only really use 517 you ran MemMaker and we gained 31k extra memory so now we can use 549 Right. alright there's another solution you have over on that other machine which is really different configurations for different work environments right?
2: right uh, it's, it's a, a selective boot uh, it's called multi-config and so when you, when you turn your computer on you can select whether you want to do work related stuff like load windows and network CD-ROM um, or or uh, optimize your system just for games. Well, actually, CD-ROM would be a good one to have also.
0: So your machine would boot different ways, depending on what kind of memory you needed, depending on what you were doing with your computer. Right. Now, you wrote about that in the magazine,
2: right? Right. The, uh, there's an article in the June 94 issue uh, that is a detailed step-by-step instruction on how to create a menu like this on either version of DOS. It's, it's very simple. And the article is posted on your CompuServe forum. Terrific. And finally, there's a book you wanted to mention. Right. Uh, This book is uh, everything you want to know about uh, memory management and then some and it comes with a disk with 14 utilities for memory, uh, to optimize your memory, Uh, it's highly recommended.
0: Thank you very much. Okay, if you started with PCs 10 years ago, it's hard to imagine RAM problems today when your machine comes with 4 megabytes or more. My first PC came with 4 kilobytes. Well, let's start our look at memory problems with a brief history lesson on the evolution of computer memory.
1: The Intel Museum in Santa Clara, California is a microcosm of memory and microprocessor history. Within its compact rooms, you'll find displays explaining early core memory, the first DRAM or dynamic random access memory, and the first kit computers. They only go back about 20 years, but they are generations away from today's PCs. Core memories were actually made of
3: uh, wire around a a mechanical device, and it allowed the charge to be stored uh, in a magnetic field. That charge actually represented the data. Um, They were quickly replaced by DRAM because DRAM was so much smaller and faster and cheaper to build than core because it was based on silicon technology. Now, this first DRAM was actually only a 1K memory, which by today's standards is absolutely small. It's very tiny. But 1K of DRAM still absolutely destroyed the core memory business and just wiped it off the face of the earth.
1: The original 1K DRAM of the 70s doubled in size about every 18 months to arrive at today's 16 megabit chips. The advantage of dynamic RAM was its low cost and large size. Next came static RAM, a much faster but more costly memory used where speed is essential such as in memory caches. Recently, a new kind of memory has become available known as flash. Unlike static or dynamic RAM, flash memory has the distinct advantage of retaining the data stored inside it even when the computer is shut down. The chips are packaged in PCMCIA cards, popular for portable machines, and as flash BIOS.
3: Flash BIOS is great for a PC because it allows it to be up-to-date at all times. If ever the code changes or the program changes, the user can go back and reprogram right into the Flash BIOS the latest characteristics that are needed in the industry.
1: One of the most dramatic applications of flash memory is likely to be in plug-and-play systems. With plug-and-play, users will no longer need to face the nightmare of reconfiguring their PCs every time they add a card. The systems will have new slots and software and Flash BIOS memory.
3: Uh, plug-and-play requires a
1: flash memory
3: device in the BIOS in order to maintain the uh, configuration of the card you're plugging in. As an end user plugs in a new sound card, for example, the BIOS has to rewrite itself and to uh, store those configuration data right into it. When the end user comes back and turns the computer on, he needs to have that data stored there permanently.
1: For the Computer Chronicles, I'm Giles Bateman.
0: the most confusing part of dealing with memory problems is just understanding what the problem is. One way to get a handle on that is to use diagnostic software. And one good example is QA Plus for Windows from DiagSoft. Jeff Kraft joins us to explain. How are you doing, Jeff? Fine, Stuart. All right. now sometimes if you have a memory problem, you may really have a memory problem. I mean, you may have bad RAM chips, right? So you want to do some fundamental testing of Mm. your memory in the first place. You can do
4: that with QA Plus? We can do that with QA Plus as well as test uh, all aspects of the PC. So there's all kinds of things I could look at, but
0: let's right. do the memory test here.
4: Okay. Uh, the memory test. Basically, we have the uh, the ability to run several different tests across the RAM field, uh, both for the base RAM and extended and expanded RAM.
0: All right. Now, is this different from the RAM test I normally see when I boot com- my computer and it says the RAM passed?
4: It's much more thorough. It uh, when you boot up in your computer and it runs through a RAM test, it runs one pattern of data through the RAM and reads it back, and once that's completed, it's done. It, does, it cannot identify the bad SIM strips or mm. the bad device at all. But it's so a very you can't basic necessarily test. trust that. Right.
0: Okay, so you can do the kind of basic hardware test here and make sure that you know all your RAM is actually working. Yes. Now, the other thing you can do with this, as I understand it, is actually upload my autoexec file, my can fix this file, my any files and all that to have your tech guys
4: sort of analyze my PC by remote control. Yes. If per se that we did have a RAM failure, what would happen is that a message would come up and ask if you'd like to jump to our electronic support center. Mm -hmm. And if the user would say yes, then this would be the first screen that would see. First off, the system would annotate that it's a memory problem. We have some area here for the user to send us a message. And the user just basically goes, okay. And what we collect as part of this process, we collect who the user is, mm-hmm. how to get in contact with the user without ever talking to them, and a data number if there is a data number, emails, so on and so forth. What is sent to our tech support center is complete system inventory, mm-hmm. hardware inventory, uh, memory maps, uh, DOS information, Windows information, the INI files, all of the critical data that we would need to be able to make a first pass diagnosis of the problem hmm. without having to be online with the customer. Now once we go and this process happens, we, I'm going to exit out here, mm-hmm. but uh, we would receive the data on our PC. We would then look like, load it on our PC and we would look for obvious configuration problems, obvious memory problems, read the data uh, that came off the test report.
0: And so you could then actually solve those problems and then upload your corrected files or configuration back
4: back to my PC. Right back to the user. And then the user has the ability to upload that data into their PC or uh, contact us again with Mm -hmm. another question or maybe they would like us to take the next step and dial their computer up and run the diagnostics Mm -hmm. for them. So it don't have to be a super tech. Right. And again, this could problem. be
0: more than just literally a hardware problem, just the kind of configuration problems we were talking Anything. about before you guys could solve.
4: It could be a load appli- uh, application yeah. problem. With w- what's the cost system. for the service? It's ninety-nine ninety-five a year. It's based on... Uh, all, all you want? Basically, it's unlimited. All you can eat. Okay, all not can too can bad.
0: All right, now, RAM problems are not limited to the PC platform and Windows. You can have memory problems with a Macintosh, too. But there is a very simple solution for the Mac called RAM Doubler from Connectix. And here to show it to us is Roy McDonald. How are you Hi, doing, Roy? Good Okay, first of all, it's slightly different in the Mac environment. It does, we don't have the 640K kinds of problems we see in DOS. It's usually just not enough RAM to do all the things we want to do, right? right
5: the Macintosh is a very memory-intensive computer because of all the graphics that's often done on it. And so people often find they don't have enough memory. Connectix RAM Doubler. And this is the Macintosh version that I'm going to show you So here, just one disk. It's just one disk. Takes about 15 seconds to install. It's an extension that gives you exactly twice as much memory as when you started. So all you have to do is double click on the installer. Product is installed. And here we've got a PowerBook 140 with an old 6830 mm-hmm. processor with 4 megabytes of RAM. Once this is installed it'll work like a PowerBook with 8 megabytes of RAM. Over here, We've got a power PC, a seventy one
0: hundred. Okay. Before you get that far now, what's the trick? I mean you can't make gold out of tin, you know. I mean, where do you find all this extra RAM magically?
5: Well the truth is there's quite a bit of inefficiency inherent in the Mac operating system's use of RAM. So for example, if you look at about this Macintosh, which is something that's built into the Mac operating system, mm-hmm. and a report that tells you how memory is being used, this Mac had twenty four megabytes of built in memory. It's been doubled to forty-nine megabytes using RAM doubler. Now, how did we get the extra memory? All of these applications are currently open and running in this 24 megabytes. Let's take a look at Adobe Photoshop. This number here, the 8 megabytes, is telling us that 8 megabytes of memory has been allocated to Photoshop for use whenever you use Photoshop. That's a decision the user has to make when they first install the software. Mm -hmm. But if you look at these bars, the black part of the bar is the part of Photoshop that's actually using RAM right now. All this memory here has been allocated by the operating system, but isn't currently being used.
0: So you're taking back some of that wasted RAM that was allocated to an right. application.
5: All of these white bars are spaces of memory that are basically filled with zeros right now that the operating system doesn't know how to mm-hmm. use. That alone is usually enough to give you twice as much memory. If it's not, we then go into the black bars. These are parts of memory that actually have code that's in there and that's running, but oftentimes that's code that was used only once. Execute once only code to launch the system, or to uh, launch Adobe yeah, Photoshop, yeah. for example. This part of that black bar, the very early part, can be compressed three to one to create more space. The combination of all of this gives us yeah. an exact double. Okay, Roy,
0: you have your little QuickCam up there now. Sure. And
5: what, what, what's the point of that? The point is to show why would you want so much memory on a computer. And the advantage of having this much memory on a computer is you can do a lot of things without getting in and out of uh, applications. So for example, I just took my picture using the QuickCam. Mm-hmm. Now I can just simply go into Adobe Photoshop, which is already open. Create a new document, and I'll just use. come off of the clipboard. I will dump my picture.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Oops. Take the picture. Dump in. There I am. Now I can run Photoshop by spherizing, perhaps.
0: So, so, again, the real point is to be able to have all these applications up and running right. at the same time. And that's what you else. need the RAM
5: for. In right. The all those applications and the Macintosh, the ability to go yeah. between all of them is the advantage.
0: All right. Thanks a lot. Now, if you've run into an error message that says not enough memory, odds are you were trying to install or run a new multimedia game. Well, one little computer store in Canada got so tired of having customers call up and complain that they decided to develop their own solution, and it's called the Game Doctor.
1: Calgary is Alberta's gateway to the Canadian Rockies, a winter playground renowned for magnificent vistas and spectacular skiing. Although Silicon Valley is over a thousand miles away, a local computer retailer called Mad Mouse Multimedia Warehouse has managed to produce a little program that can make life easier for a lot of game users. It's called Game Doctor, and its origin is based on a real-life problem.
6: Well, as a retail store, we ended up getting a lot of people that would buy a game, take it home, and not be able to get it to run. So uh, they'd come back. They usually come back to us first. First place they buy it is, is, is where they come back. They don't phone tech support number. They walk in and they say, I had a problem. And uh, we ask them what the problem is. It's usually out of memory. And we ask them, oh, do you know how to reconfigure your auto exec or, or config.sys? And they say no. So then we spend a few minutes or more talking to them, trying to get them to figure out how to do it themselves. What happened the majority of times was that people would actually bring their system in, and we'd do a, a, a limited multi-config setup that would actually get them to run.
1: To keep their shop from becoming an extended technical support line for game publishers, the Mad Mouse owners decided to make their own game configuration utility. Game Doctor is a multi-configuration program that can adjust a computer's memory allocation and system resources to run and switch between several games without boot disks or changing the computer's configuration files. It may not seem like a major accomplishment except to a game user.
7: It was frustrating because you put the game in and you'd get out of memory error. You'd have to take the time, read along, figure out how to make a boot disk. Well, I'm not really computer literate, to be honest. I, uh, I prefer something that's very user friendly. And I've discovered with the Game Doctor, uh, it will allow me to use a variety of key configurations so I don't have to bother with a boot disk anymore. Um, it's put it in. Uh, if you get the wrong configuration wrong initially, then you can just try another one or another one. And eventually, you will get the right configuration so it runs.
1: Mad Mouse is beginning to advertise their product, but Game Doctor sells mostly by word of mouth. The recurring problems faced by game buyers also boost sales. As for supplying customers with trouble-free software from the start, Mad Mouse views it as a shared responsibility between publisher and retailer. One of the biggest problems is that there's so many
6: different variations of computers out there, you have to be able to recognize what they're doing. And then, based on that, build a, a configuration that's, that will match for the game as well as for the computer. The software industry can't it's possibly take everybody in consideration when they do a product. So, really the line, so, they have to change, they have to do something. So, what they've done is they've tried to give a product that works on a good percentage of
1: machines, and on the, product and the machines
6: that aren't configured right, here's how to make them work.
1: Whether or not Game Doctor should be included with every expensive game or sold separately, the developers have found a way to overcome one of the most common frustrations of PC users. There's no more playing
7: with anything. I I don't have to try and make these boot disks. And uh, I think I'm like everybody. When I first get that game, I don't want to read the manual. I want to put it in. I want to have a look and see what the game looks like. I want to play with it a little bit. Now, um, it takes me a couple of maybe 30 seconds to get the right system up and away I go.
1: For the Computer Chronicles, I'm Giles Bateman.
0: One standard solution for memory problems has been to just buy a piece of software that can reconfigure your memory to suit the applications you're running. One of the leaders in that category is Quarterdeck and its QEMM software. Here to show us how to use it is Gary Saxer. Welcome, Gary. Thanks. Let's try to clarify a couple of things. Early in the program, we talked about that 640K limit. The fact of the matter is it's a 1 meg limit, isn't
8: it? That's right. DOS machines are actually limited to 1024K, or 1 megabyte. That 384K difference isn't a lot, but it's enough to make a big difference to lots of programs. So
0: you can play with that memory too. Absolutely. All right, the second point is we showed MemMaker at the beginning, and Mm -hmm. that does solve some of your memory allocation problems. You should run it if you have it. (laughs) But you can do other things with a QEMM that you can't do with MemMaker.
8: That's right. We have ways of squeezing even more memory out of the programs here. We have a feature called Squeeze that can actually put programs into places where they normally wouldn't be able to fit. All right, let's take a look at QEMM and show me what you mean. Okay. This particular machine right now has 459K, you can see my little diamond mouse moving there, 459K below 640K. There are some memory areas here above 640K that we can take use of, but right now all the drivers are loaded below 640K. These are the autoexec.bat ones, and we're using our manifest program here to see this. And here you can see my PCMCIA adapters here, and my CD-ROM drive, etc. Now the idea is to take these drivers from below 640K and move them into the memory area above 640K. this is done using our program called Optimize, which is a better version of the program that you hit called MemMaker or RamBoost. Right. Its job takes these programs, figures out how big they are, and in fact it can do a lot of other stuff, figuring out special stuff. It can see the PCMCIA cards there and avoid them, things that MemMaker doesn't normally do. Mm-hmm. Okay? And its job is to find this stuff and get this stuff moved above 640k. So after it's all done, the Optimize program that is, yeah. we now have 582k of memory now you'll notice that there's still a couple of things for instance here's the cd-rom driver yep. here loaded below six forty k some of that stuff is still left below six forty k five hundred eighty two is a lot okay most game programs would mm-hmm. be able to run but we want more here's why we haven't been able to get more looking at this picture here you see all this blue area here is the area below six forty k this area with the letter v's is my video cards okay that's the graphics area and the. So text this is area. a map of my ram this is the map of the one megabyte that's right. right and what's happening there this letter r here for instance is my video rom this other area up here is my system ROM controls the disk and the keyboard and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. The page frame is there. I use a a disk cache that uses the page frame. That way it's it's 3K in size instead of 30K in size. Mm -hmm. And my CD ROM uses the, uh, the page frame as well. From 50K it goes down to 16K. But the important thing here are these green letter H's. You like to have lots of these green letter H's. That's how much memory you have above 640K. In this particular case here, I have 128K of memory above 640K I'm using. And all but .9 K of it, is what this little number is telling you, yeah. is being used by drivers. Huh. What we'd like to do, however, is get rid of those ROMs. Now, of course, if I actually got rid of the ROMs, you wouldn't be able to see anything on the video really or anything really get rid of them, but no. pretend we're getting well, rid of them. Well, we call this feature stealth, and that what we're doing is hiding the ROMs. The ROMs actually are there, but you only use them when you actually need them. That is, when you go to read something off the mm-hmm. disk, we will bring the ROM back to life, go ahead and use the ROM, and then hide it once again. Okay. That's why we call it stealth and the idea here is to get in this case almost hundred K more memory available for us to use If we take a look at the same picture here after I've rebooted with stealth here you can actually see all these green letter H's. All those good green H's. Lots of green letter H's. In fact more memory to the tune of over 630 K of memory Hmm. below 640 K and that 630 K is very important even if you run Windows programs in fact Ryan Livingston in a recent issue of InfoWorld pointed out that insufficient memory messages even if you have 16 or 20 megabytes of memory, is memory below one megabyte that you need. And that's what we're getting you, more memory below one megabyte. Very cool. Thanks a lot, Gary. Thanks. Okay, now there is another approach
0: to solving memory problems, especially when the issue is dealing with CD-ROMs. That is the multimedia cloaking utility from Helix Software. And Michael Spilo is the president of Helix. How are you doing, Michael? Good, thanks. All right, so, yeah, the problem occurs most likely if I'm trying to run a CD-ROM game. I stick the CD-ROM in and it won't work because I don't have enough memory. How do I use your cloaking utility to solve that problem?
9: Well, on the screen you can see the problem very clearly. Uh, typically, this is this is a machine that is a multimedia system and it has only 506K, as you can see over here, mm-hmm. and that's the best the MemMaker could do, and that's fully optimized. So this is after
0: running MemMaker? That's correct. And and again, this is, this is baby. There's not even a sound card in here. Right there's now. no
9: sound. There's yeah. no PCMCIA. There's no network. There's certainly nothing like an antivirus utility, which mm-hmm. you should probably use. And you can see that I only have 506K available for programs. And uh, what happens is when I try and run a program, typically I end up with There's a message, our message like this. message, not
0: enough memory to start this particular CD
9: rom we're trying to run. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to install our multimedia cloaking utility. And the installation is really very simple. It's a few clicks of the mouse. And it comes with three different drivers that take the place of your current drivers and are actually licensed from Microsoft. Um, and the CD-ROM extensions for instance is the exact same one but it's been modified to use our cloaking technology. So
0: part of what you're doing is replacing
9: my drivers with your drivers which are more efficient
0: in the use of memory?
9: Exactly and they use our new cloaking technology so that they can run above one megabyte. But I'm not risking my
0: system by, by substituting these drivers?
9: They're the same drivers and in fact they're safer because they run in the protected area of your memory so that uh, there is less chance of a conflict between these mm-hmm. drivers and other software that you might load on the system. Okay, so you do your clicking and you install multimedia cloaking and voila, you've gained over a hundred K. In this particular configuration, I, th- I believe I've gained hundred and one K just by installing these drivers. I didn't have to run MemMaker again and I didn't have to re-optimize or anything else. Just load the drivers and I get more memory.
0: Okay, now you're talking about this cloaking technology. Gary was talking about his stealth technology. W- they different
9: they are different, yes. Uh, the, the cloaking technology actually relocates the programs so that they execute above one meg in the area of memory that's plentiful, and that way they don't take up any of the precious first megabyte that you need to run all of your software. So
0: you're saying there really isn't even that
9: one megabyte limit. You
0: can even go above that to run these routine That's functions. right.
9: With cloaking, it goes completely beyond the first megabyte, and the end result is that the program that we tried to run before, the CD-ROM game that uh, wouldn't run and right. set out of memory now comes up and runs. And with there it goes. It's as easy as that. Yeah. Alright,
0: now you've got another solution here called NetRoom which is I guess even more powerful than multimedia cloaking?
9: That's correct. NetRoom is a full memory manager that implements cloaking for your BIOS. So those ROMs that um, Gary was hiding, yeah. we actually relocate them above one meg and let them execute there and that can get you a lot of extra memory. And uh, what we're going to show here mm-hmm. is the combination of Netroom and multimedia cloaking, which is if you have the, the network and the PC MCIA and the CD ROM and the sound and the scanner and your system is really fully loaded uh, and you, you really need a lot of extra yeah. RAM, uh, that's the combination that'll do it for you. Okay, and so you've got Netroom. The end result yeah. is uh, can be visible with, with our uh, Discover utility that shows you all about the insides of your PC. And click on the memory button, and you see that we've gone to 902K below 1 meg, so that's almost the entire first megabyte is usable for your programs, and 800 of that is still available, so clearly there's more than enough to load all the drivers that you could want. So
4: the
0: good news is there are solutions to these memory problems. Absolutely. All right. thanks a lot. That's our look at memory problems. Hope we gave you a couple of good ideas.